Scala Radio presents Beethoven, The Basics, the podcast with Andy Bush. Hi, I'm Andy Bush and thanks for downloading episode six of Beethoven, The Basics. These podcasts are taken from a series I presented on Scala Radio in spring 2020 to celebrate the great composer's 250th anniversary. The whole point of this series is to use an immediately recognisable icon like Beethoven as our departure point on a journey of getting to know classical music a bit better. I, like you, have always liked the idea of classical music, but I've never really known where to start. In this podcast, we'll find out how Beethoven earned a living, who were his bosses, or rather, who was able to control a man who was his own boss. So brace yourself for rock stars, tyrants and, well, donkeys. Episode 6, Beethoven's Patrons. These people are so in awe of Ludwig's creative powers that they personally bankroll his musical career. Quills, wigs and britches don't just pay for themselves. Conductor Carlo Ritti tells us more. The way for the musician to, to make money, to make a living, was to have a, to have a patron, to have a somebody in the nobility or a, a king or a prince or a count that uh, would uh, engage them to play or to conduct or to compose. Beethoven, uh, like every other musician of the time, uh, had patrons. Uh, for example, the Count Waldstein in Bonn then uh, told him, actually presented him to the society in uh, Vienna because Vienna was the musical center of the day. So Beethoven went to study to Vienna with uh, Haydn and Count Waldstein introduced him to the society to Prince Lobkowitz. We'll hear more about Prince Lobkowitz a little later. After Maya Iwabuchi tells us about another important patron, who I'm beginning to think of as like the record labels or band managers of the 18th and 19th century. I would say his most stalwart patron was uh, was a man called the Archduke of Austria, um, Rudolf, who idolised Beethoven, absolutely idolised him. He studied with him and also patronised him. And um, Beethoven, in turn, dedicated at least 15 works to him, uh, very important pieces of music like the Hammer Clavier Sonata for Solo Piano and the choral work uh, Mrs. Solemnis. That was composed around the time of his Ninth Symphony and dedicated to Archduke Rudolf of Austria, one of Beethoven's main patrons as well as pupil and friend. The copy presented to Rudolf had the inscription, From the heart, may it return to the heart. See, he could be nice. It seems that Beethoven also won over his patrons by not being that easy to deal with. His conductor Carlo Rizzi. They paid him actually to stay in Vienna to compose, to play, to conduct. But the interesting thing is that Beethoven actually <laughs> was a very free spirit. Beethoven 
was not uh, uh, the typical subservient uh, musician, court musician. Evidently, his personality, his genius, uh, was what uh, kept the patrons asking him to stay with them and to pay for him. It's almost like they kind of love being insulted by him. I'm seeing Beethoven as John Cleese in Faulty Towers, stomping around dishing out floppy-haired insults, and the guests, his patrons, just kind of loving it and lapping it up. <laughs> there is a story that he started to scream in front of the palace of one of his uh, patrons. This guy is uh, ignorant, uh, uh, like, a, like a donkey. Yes, you heard correctly. Beethoven once stood outside the palace of one of his patrons, Prince Lubkowitz, and shouted, Lubkowitz is a donkey. He also allegedly once smashed a chair over the head of another of his patrons, Prince Lichinovsky. He loves beating up on princes, doesn't he? As you can imagine, Lichinovsky stopped sending him money after that. Back to the donkey, Prince Lubkowitz. Beethoven dedicated the triple concerto to him and his first six string quartets as well. On to one of the biggies now on Scala Radio. Some might say this is the most important work Beethoven wrote, his Symphony Number no. 3, the Eroica. One half of Ava Waves, violinist Anna Phoebe, starts to shed some light. It was originally dedicated to Napoleon, but then he scrubbed that out. But I think everything that Napoleon represented, the um, freedom of the individual, opposition to tyranny, heroism, I think you can definitely still hear that. And also Beethoven's own individual creativity, his talent, leaving his own mark and not playing by the rules. But how and why did it break the rules? To tell us more, his conductor Carlo Rizzi. The length of the symphony was about... uh, uh, the double of the symphony that has been heard uh, up to that point. So imagine, uh, you know, if you go to hear a concert for one hour and suddenly someone tells you, uh, actually, you know, this concert lasts for two hours. So this was uh, already something. Then Beethoven, for example, introduced uh, the use of the third horn. Generally, there were only two horns, uh, the, the third horn. Now, this thing today to us uh, seemed quite... Uh, Trivial in a way, because the, today we are coming, you know, 200 years, 250 years actually after Beethoven, and we are used to big orchestras, you know, eight horns, uh, a lot of players, more than 100 players. But at the time, every difference was a big, big difference. So Beethoven, basically in this uh, symphony, uh, is like uh, if he, you know, opened the door to a new way of writing music. No one ever suspects the third horn, huh? Wait, hang on, let's go back to what Anna Phoebe was saying about Napoleon. Here's more from Carlo Rizzi. Well, Beethoven, at the time, he wrote the symphony in, uh, between 1803 and 1804, and that was the time when uh, Napoleon was uh, first consul, uh, and uh, the ideal of the French Revolution were taking, uh, becoming important uh, in Europe. So he dedicated the symphony to Napoleon Bonaparte as a sign of admiration for what he was doing for the people of Europe, freeing them from the tyranny of uh, the kings, of the nobility. Then, uh, when Napoleon proclaimed himself emperor, Beethoven was absolutely taken aback by this, and he ripped the first page of the symphony uh, saying, uh, I cannot dedicate the symphony to him anymore because it's not uh, that uh, beacon that I thought it would have been for humanity. He's just a man like everybody else, uh, another tyrant. 
So to recap, he originally dedicated his third symphony to Napoleon, but having heard he crowned himself emperor, hate it when people do that, Beethoven tore up the dedication and then dedicated it to Prince Lubkowitz instead. As you do, the donkey wins the day. of writing that tore up the rule book and actually Beethoven himself tore up the manuscript to remove the original dedication. The mighty first movement from his symphony number no. three called the Eroica Symphony. In all the musicians I've interviewed over the years a lot of the ill behavior and scary reputation stems from them I think not being totally at ease with themselves. One minute they're crafting music in their bedrooms and then suddenly they're up on stage, the property of the public, and nothing will ever be the same again. And I think that does different things to different people. Happy Monday's frontman Sean Ryder has told me on a number of occasions that all the drugs, alcohol and chaos that defined the early part of his career was down to the fact that he was just shy and couldn't deal with being stood up there in front of everyone. I feel that we kind of get the same thing with Beethoven. His conductor, Jonathan Hayward. One thing that... I think is really apparent is this idea of kind of the misunderstood artist, which I think there are a lot of rock star artists that are just misunderstood. You know, first person that really kind of comes up to my mind is Freddie Mercury. I just watched the fantastic movie about his life. And you kind of just look at these artists and you think, God, you're just really misunderstood. And this is where kind of the anger comes from you know this this bad behavior you know i i don't know you know of course he's he's kind of portrayed as this angry person and maybe he was i'm sure he probably had that but why 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 does he have this and and i think it's for me it's it is this misunderstood quality that so many rock stars completely had but they use their music in order to kind of get through these misunderstood times so it seems that even back in the 1800s, fame can do the same things to people that it does in the present day. Here's Mark Elder, music director of the Halle Orchestra. I think it seems clear that throughout his life, as Beethoven became more and more famous, and he did become incredibly famous, his relationship to his fellow human beings did not become easier. He had a famous temper and he had a famous ability to be extremely cantankerous and the stories are legendary about how he threw people out of his apartment and all that sort of thing. But as his life went by, even before his deafness, I have the feeling that he needed to battle. He needed to find the way because it was only by doing that that he would produce works that he would be satisfied with, let alone whether anyone else would be. 
Mark Elder there. Thanks to him and the other guests in this podcast, Jonathan Hayward, Matthew Barley, Carlo Rizzi, Anna Phoebe, and Maya Iwabuchi for taking the time to get involved with Beethoven The Basics. And thanks to you too for downloading this podcast. I really hope you're finding them a useful guide for getting to know Ludwig a little better. I'm sure you'd appreciate it. And if you are, please rate, review and subscribe. More thanks now and this time to the London Philharmonic Orchestra and Signum Classics for providing the music across this series. The extract of the Eroica Symphony was performed by the LPO, conducted by Kurt Mazur, and in the clip of the Misa Solemnis, the conductor was Christoph Eschenbach. If you fancy getting to know other classical composers, Scala Radio is a brilliant place to start. Presenters like Simon Mayo, Angelica Bell and Alexis French aren't stuffy professor types, so they won't make you feel like you need a PhD or a tweed jacket with leather patches on the elbows, or be called Lance to enjoy the music. Find out more at scalaradio.co.uk. If you are called Lance, by the way, you are welcome. I wasn't having a pop. And hopefully I'll see you in the next episode of Beethoven The Basics, when we'll turn to his most infamous premieres and performances. Scala Radio presents the podcast of Beethoven The Basics with Andy Bush.